is Speakeasy Security, the podcast from cybersecurity leader ESET. I'm Ransom Burkett. And I'm Tony Anscombe. And in our last episode, we had Kelvin Coleman, the director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance, on the show to tell us all about the Cybersecurity Awareness Month and all the great things that have been happening, gosh, since, since October 1st. And actually, we're right in the middle of it right now. So this week, we wanted to talk about something unique that's just getting rolled out by Amazon that should be talked about with regards to security, Tony, and that is the Amazon One. Now, I know you found this device. So what? just tell everybody, what is the Amazon One? Well, Amazon One is a palm scanner. So it's an authentication device. So we've, you know, we've seen lots of different authentication devices come and go. But this one, it's kind of interesting because it's completely contactless, but it's using a biometric part of your body. So it's a palm scanner. Hmm, okay. So you just hover your palm over a reader to authenticate when making a purchase. Uh, and currently it's being deployed or is deployed currently in two of the Amazon Go convenience stores up in Seattle. So they're testing it. So super interesting. It's a shame it's not down in here in San Francisco. I think I'd go and try this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would give it a go too. Now, do you like the product? I mean, is it checking all the boxes for you or what, what's your opinion of it? Well, if you remember back when fingerprint scanners came out, everybody turned and said, this is bad biometrics, who's going to have the data and all those sorts of good stories. Anything that actually adds authentication or another layer of security, a different layer of security, has to be a good thing. It's the, it's the evolution, isn't it, of authentication. Uh, but no two palm prints are the same. So, and I didn't realize this because it looks at the vein structure and et cetera. So, of course, you can't use somebody's dead hand. I should point that out. <laughs> yeah. okay. so it's looking at the vein structure, and, and obviously there needs to be blood going through those veins for, for it to see the vein structure. Uh, but think of f- fingerprint scanning or facial recognition. These are just new ways of authenticating who we are and distinguishing that we're all different. And apparently, like I say, no two palms are, are exactly the same. Uh, and it's interesting that Amazon, who also own Whole Foods, so don't forget, yeah, they're, they're a, a mass retailer as well here in the US, mm-hmm. are looking at different ways of getting us through the checkout either faster or using different techniques. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, as the world's top e-commerce site and experience now, of course, as you were mentioning, going into brick and mortar, they are looking at ways to maybe enhance the consumer's experience. But also, let's be clear, uh, they may be looking to deploy this uh, tech maybe in other instances. So have you heard or read anything about their plans for deploying this elsewhere? Well, in their release, they say they're also talking to other parties, other retail establishments about using this. And it would kind of make sense, wouldn't it? You can think of some easy places where something like this could be used. Uh, yeah, I'll give you the example of the London Underground used completely contactless. So you can actually use your debit card to enter the underground and it automatically takes payment off your debit card and it records your journeys using your bank card. So I'm just saying it's all touchless. And now I can imagine if imagine if you had a payment system attached to your palm scan. Yeah, so I, you know, if it, this palm belongs to this payment card, suddenly actually I wouldn't even need to carry a card no. to travel on, on the London Underground. 
Yeah, I think it brings up a very good point, which is what's the need for the plastic, right? Who who has use for the plastic if it's all authenticated? And those of you that can't see me, I'm raising my palm here. It's all authenticated here. So that brings up a really good point, which I don't know. It makes me curious. Have I know you haven't had a chance to test it out, but in your readings or in your research, is this is the Amazon one, is it completely touch-free or do the consumers have to physically interact with anything? It's completely touch-free. Okay. So think of this. It's not digital currency. My body is my currency. Okay. I got you. We should, go, a... we, should, we should try and find some name for that, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, we should. Currency, we should. Body currency. We, we need to think about that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, hey, let's make sure there's money in the bank to cash that check, right? Um, so what does it do, though? I mean, I think when you sign up, you usually have to put in some information. But, what? I mean, you're probably not touching a terminal after that, right? You mentioned you're hovering your hand. Yeah, you're hovering your hand above a reader. It's like six inches above the reader, and it's taking a scan of the palm print from there. Okay, very cool. So I think many people, and certainly in the year of COVID, right, contactless everything is the way to go. So I, I kind of applaud this initiative. But as you mentioned earlier, there is a little bit of a novelty factor here, right? Because most things nowadays require us to touch, right? Facial, well, the only thing that I can think of is probably the facial recognition, but this tech using bio has been around for a while. In fact, if you recall, the first phone with fingerprint scanning came out. You want to guess? You want to guess what year, Tony? Um, oh, gosh. With the Well, the iPhone was 2006, wasn't it, when it yeah. came out? So it's got, to be a, it's, it's got to be around 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Wow, spot on. Can't fool you. Uh, yeah, 2011. It was the Motorola Atrix, or I guess at that point they were acquired by Google, so... Motorola slash Google Atrix, and it was launched in 2011. So it ha it's nothing new. And just as you mentioned, this, this tech and uh, contactless payments and tech has been around for a while. But are there other biometric services that you can think of, Tony, that are either nostalgic and things that have progressed into what we have now or things that we may be seeing in the future? Well, one of the things the travel industry has used for years is um, iris scanning. Uh, certainly through parts of Europe, you can move between countries and use the, the iris scanning system uh, to enter without going through passport control. And that's still in use, isn't it, as part of global entry, I think, does iris scanning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the travel industry have been using biometrics in that way for, for a long period of time. Yeah. Okay. So that's one. Um, anything as it relates to personal transport, like either in vehicles or, you know, access to... Uh, homes or or any other sort of commercial application. Well, I don't know. My car has one of those button things on the outside, so you can you can <laughs> unlock the car with the buttons. But maybe that's not taking my fingerprint. Maybe that's just using my brain. Yeah, right. um, can I think of anything else off the top of my head? Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, there are some other touchless sensors and scanners, you know, in use. Uh, there are fingerprint scanners that take three D images of fingers. So it's touchless fingerprint scanning. Okay. Uh, facial, you know, long-range iris recognition. Apparently, Carnegie Mellon University developed one that can read your iris twelve meters away. That's and just just for the for the people that think in feet, that's forty feet. Jeez, that's unbelievable. That has to be some sort of military application, I would imagine, right? Because who in the, who in their right mind is going to be scanning that far in advance to authenticate something? So that's that. 
that speaks to me like a military app, which is great. In fact, they've always been ahead, and I'm hoping that tech comes to the commercial and the consumers here. And I will go back to one thing you mentioned, because maybe this is given that you and I have taken a pause on travel, as with most folks this year. Um, there was an interesting stat, I think, that you were sharing around um, commercial air travel, um, and it was by a certain year, you had mentioned there was certain a certain number of folks that could be scanned potentially uh, benefiting not only lines and easing, you know, um, the ability to access and, and board planes in a quicker and a timely manner. But, um, there's also the deployment of a tech that could make this possible. What was that? Well, one of the things, of course, in the last 15, 20 years that you've seen stringent security on is airports, air travel, uh, because of the, the obvious issues, if you look at all the authentication in the airport now, you go to the check-in desk, they're looking at your passport, then you go to security. If you're coming into a country, if you're coming into the US, you're going to be fingerprint scanned, etc. So there's all sorts of biometrics being read. There's all sorts of authentication being used. But by 2037, it's estimated that about 8.2 billion people will pass through an airport. Uh, I assume that's post-COVID, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, so I hope that's post-COVID. Yeah, yeah. So with 8.2 billion people taking a flight, you the faster you can get people through the airport, I mean, think about the lines at security at the moment, they check your ID and et cetera. You're, it's all delay around authentication of the person. Yeah. yeah. So if they can speed that up, yeah, that would be a significant a significant improvement. Now, BA reckon uh, so. British Airways did a study, and they reckon that if they used facial recognition, because now here's a difference between uh, Europe and the US. Here, when you travel in Europe, you have to actually be positively identified at the gate. So okay. you have to show your passport again at the gate. So they have to do the picture verification of you at the gate. Okay. Yeah. But they reckon if they used facial recognition technology that they could board a 400-seat plane in 22 minutes. Oh, wow. Now, you think a 400-seat plane currently takes about about 45 minutes to an hour. You think you start boarding one of those big A380s an hour before it takes off. Yeah. yeah. You bring that down to 22 minutes, you can get more planes, more, more planes off the gate. You can get higher throughput in the airport, less time hanging around. It's going to be good for us as travelers if we ever start traveling again. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see it being very beneficial for travelers because, as you said, who wants to wait in that group one, group two, group three line, right? As you said, for 45 minutes if you're one of those latter numbers. And with BA taking the steps to adopt that, I have to applaud them because I don't think there's ever been a better time to at least try to increase efficiency, right? Where, um, I don't know, I think you said 8.2 billion people passing through the airports by that time. I mean, that's the world's population. So think of all that travel and there's an opportunity to, to, to help everyone out. So I really appreciate that. Um, what did you find when you were looking at Amazon One to be maybe some of their, um, their benefits? Was it, you know what, you come into a store, you pick out your favorite soda or your groceries, you put them in the bag that you came with or you maybe at the terminal, you scan your hand and you leave or is it maybe single sign-on so that, you know, with Amazon and, as you mentioned, Whole Foods and other um, other brick and mortars that they're, that, that they're launching or certainly relaunching, you just scan your hand and you don't have to go through, you know, multiple sign-ins or, or even, you know, taking out your device. Well, so, so think about the Amazon Go stores. 
So I don't know whether you've ever been. Have you ever been into one? I've not. There's a return center here in San Diego, but nothing to the tune of a, in my knowledge, anyways, to the tune of a ghost store. So so there is one here in San Francisco where I am. Uh, And it's an experience. It's like being a shop thief, a shop (laughs) thief. I can see that. Because you walk into the store. See, you have to have been pre-registered. Yeah, so you've you've got to have been pre-registered and gone through the facial recognition, pictures of your face, into the app. So it's not the, the regular Amazon app that we all use to buy other stuff online. It's a different app. Gotcha. So as long as you've registered, then you can walk into the store and you can just put stuff in your pocket and walk out. Oh, wow. Which is why I say you, you feel like the shop thief because, you know, you take something off the shelf, you slip it in your pocket and walk out mm-hmm. without paying. Of course, you are paying because the system in the store is actually picking up facial recognition it knows what you took off the store yeah it knows that you put it in the pocket and it knows that you walked out out the clever part is is if you put something back on the shelf it knows that too yeah so if you pick something up look at it put it back yeah it actually does know what you've left with yeah Um, now imagine here uh yeah maybe is it as convenient as facial recognition i think i'd actually feel more confident that we're the I'm putting my hand over the scanner and leaving because it's yeah. kind of like contactless payment. Yeah, I think as a consumer, I'd feel less like the shop thief running out the door. Yeah, yeah, like right, you're not hoping for the facial scanning tech to have recognized your face correctly and associating it with your Amazon or what have you, your account. So I'm right there with you. There's a there's something symbolic about putting your hand over a terminal. You know, going to a point. I guess I'm using air quotes here point of sale terminal to you know confirm that purchase so i agree i think it's probably going to take some getting used to i think there was an article we read with geekwire that uh even the journalist was kind of saying hey this could have been done probably in 15 seconds but because the experience was so new he wanted to capture it and uh and record it and and such so i can't wait to try it i hope we do get a amazon go store down here because i can see the convenience factor already weighing out you know i mean what if you had to go in just for two things right do you stand in the lines or do you just go and get your two things, put your hand over the, the, the scanner and, and then you're, you're on your way? I think there's a, 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 big, a big argument to be made for the convenience factor, you know? Well, absolutely. And it removes the facial recognition issue of uh, bias. Because as we know, that's been in the press a lot around bias in, in the way it works. Or, so it removes some of the issues that they might, there may be in the facial recognition system. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think there's, it's a nascent tech, and I think they're trying to perfect it as with anything. So it'll be coming around. Um, let's see, Tony. Well, gosh, now you got me thirsty, so I'm going to go ahead and crack open a, a nice cold can of Lagunitas Super Cluster. I did switch it up from something something to citrus hopped Mega IPA, and they're labeling this of intergalactic proportion. So Lagunitas, you did quite well here. I'm going to go ahead and have a nice frothy one, Tony. What are you working on? Well, I have a glass of red, a cashmere. A cashmere? Oh, that sounds delicious. Wow. Well, in true speakeasy fashion, cheers to you, sir. Cheers. Cheers indeed. So there is one area here that we haven't talked about. Yeah, let's talk about it. The obvious elephant in the room is privacy. Okay. Now, what happens, of course, because if companies start collecting all this biometric data, they're getting more and more data about us. So one of the big things in here has to be the right to be forgotten. Okay. Yeah, because if, if somebody can start linking biometric data with your identity, et cetera, then you know, the, the data becomes richer and richer and richer. 
you know, to me, I would only sign up for something like this if one I've given affirmative consent, so I've you know, explicitly opted in okay. to something, and that company gives me the right to be forgotten, and I mean the true right to be forgotten. Yes, not not partially. <laughs> yeah, you and I were talking about this before. I don't know if we bring it up here or not, but you tell me where we were. Kind of mentioned that sometimes the companies that say they've gotten rid of your data aren't really getting rid of your data, right? Interestingly, if you read CCPA, so the California Privacy Legislation, they only have to delete the data that you got, you consented to give them. Okay. So if they've purchased data from somebody else, they can hold that data still, but not the data you've given them. Oh, wow. So you may think a co- you've asked a company to get rid of your data. They get rid of what you think, you well, you know that you gave them, but that doesn't mean they don't know who you are True. and are not profiling you still yeah. because they may have bought data for, or gained data from somewhere else. Yeah, no, I can see so that. To me, to me, that's a bit of a, a loophole in the privacy legislation. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be um, eh, pretty slick you know, methods for either remarketing or retargeting someone, right? Well, and it also gets around if uh, you upload your contact database to somebody, then, of course that data belongs to who you me or yeah there's a big question there but of course i didn't consent for it to be uploaded but that means the company still know who i am and we all yeah go back to the cambridge analytica scandal yeah they were sucking all that information off of all those up facebook profiles yeah yeah that data they didn't get from the person so actually asking them to delete it of course then they've already gone but if in that situation asking them to delete it would mean they didn't need to yeah, because it would have been gone, right? Yeah. Well, because it came from somebody else, not not from the person who it's about. <laughs> By that definition, as you said, that is pointing a very big finger at how the process really hasn't really helped the consumer, right? Well, it has helped. I mean, we do now get consent messages and we do. So there is a lot, lot more happening and companies now have to secure the data. Sure. So you have to encrypt it. There has to be strong authentication. Technology evolves, privacy legislation evolves. Yeah, yeah, good point. And it's better to have some than none. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where GDPR and CCPA had to had to make a step, right? Okay. So with Amazon One being kind of a pilot, if you will, and now with Amazon Prime Day behind us, um, this could be the future of retail, right? When a company has uh, a specific day that they want to highlight or a promotion to run, um, they can potentially measure the effectiveness of it by, you know, the ads that they have sent to you on your mobile device or maybe on your laptop and saying that there's a 30% discount on fill in the blank X, Y, and Z. You go to that store and pay with your Amazon one, you know, ID, which is your palm. Uh, and then they can potentially infer that that ad may have stimulated that purchase. So I think there's something to be had to be said for the way that this data then would be used by the organization, right? Well, I seem to recall, actually, a couple of years ago, I did read something about a trial that went on between advertisers where actually it was turning the camera on. So when you opened your email, uh, so they send you a great offer or they send you a different color pair of shoes or whatever it might be, but this advertising system had had your web uh, camera on the phone on so it could see your facial expression. Oh, wow. Right. And I think it was just a big test to see whether – yeah, how people reacted or because if they know that you like the pair of shoes, 
potentially they can target they can target you differently. Sure. It's not then about your opening the email, it's about your facial expression. Gotcha. So pair of black and white shoes, you have a big smile. Great. We know that hey, this is the color scheme or style that this person likes. We're gonna go ahead and push more ads or more content. Uh, hoping to stimulate a purchase from this individual using these types of parameters, right? And of course, it's all using machine learning and artificial intelligence to read the images, etc. So all you and I need to do is work out what the face looks like that says, I'd like a discount. Yeah, there you go. I need it. Yeah. Where's my discount on Lagunitas? <laughs> I'll, I'll make that face any day they send me the email. Yeah. No, that bring, I think there's going to be a lot of statistical data, as you said, that will show... Uh, the effectiveness of these ads, right? I think it'll turn digital advertising on its ear because then as one of the things that we're, we're seeing with marketing is the Holy grail is being able to determine what we're calling it an asset, what thing stimulated that purchase. And as you were saying with cameras being on to determine your facial expression uh, to now, Hey, when did you transact? I think it's going to be much easier to see when you just have to go to the store and Hey, you slide your hand over the, the Amazon one and Hey, there we're now logging your, your purchase activity. Yeah. yeah and, and the other thing to point out here is this is part of digital transformation. Okay. At its best, because, uh, and we've talked about this before, COVID has forced digital transformation on us, the way we work, how we work, mm -hmm. how our kids are stored, all those sorts of good things. Looking for contactless and touchless payment systems and being innovative around them, that's just been speeded up yeah. by COVID. So at the end of this, when all this is done, we should actually also turn around and recognize that this actually progressed technology very quickly. Yeah. I, I would say so, you know, I mean, things that weren't, I'm going to say thought possible had to, had to become a reality. Right. Um, and we've seen it from remote work to a remote learning that's affecting students to, as you said, advancements in tech that were considered to be a, a few years off that are being deployed right now. So that's a really good point, Tony. You're drinking that beer again, Rance. I, I am. I'm having a sip because it has been one heck of a day. And also, hey, we're talking about going to the store and nothing better than I'd like to do right now than to just peruse the beer aisle and see what, what else I would pick up. So, Well, we should probably leave you to finish yeah. that beer. <laughs> well, thankfully and gladly, I will sign off here. Guys, thanks for joining us this week. Tony, thanks for your time. And that's Speakeasy signing off. Yeah.